Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah! Hey, Saturday Saturdays. America's greatest country in the world. San Diego's America's finest city. Thanks for being here. We're going to talk about Nancy Pelosi in Taiwan today, which is weird. Uh, you know, might spark World War III. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like we should touch on it. A little later. Not now, though. It, we're, it's, listen, everything could be a spark for what we're the, the new Beyonce album could be a spark for, I don't know. We just feel, cl- it feels close. <laughs> World War Three. so we don't need to talk about it right now. Right? Uh, we got that. What was the other thing? Oh, yeah, new state of emergency because of the, uh, the old monkeypox. So this may change your weekend plans. I want to start here, though. I don't know why. We're just going to. This is in L.A., local news. No match for the owner of a Riverside County convenience store. The frightening face-off was all caught on security cameras. KKL9's Jake Reiner is live in Norco. And Jake, the owner, is in the hospital? That's correct. He's recovering from a heart attack, Juan and Susie. This guy is 80 years old, and he's owned the Norco market behind me since 1967. And according to one of his employees, he already wants to come back to work. At 2.45 Sunday morning, 80-year-old Norco convenience store owner Craig Cope was ready. We spoke with one of his employees, Marnie. Saw on the surveillance, and he saw them coming out of the vehicle with weapons. Strategically tucked behind the counter, Cope whipped out his hidden shotgun and blasted the suspect in the arm. As the man took off, another camera captured this. The suspects, after nearly leaving one of their own behind, sped off in a black BMW X3. Meanwhile, Cope kept his eye on his cameras to make sure they left. I'm proud to call him my boss. He makes us feel better about being here, you know. Marnie tells us Cope suffered a heart attack as the result of the traumatic series of events, but will make a full recovery. As for the suspects, the Riverside County Sheriff's Department says all four of them showed up at a hospital. Three of them were arrested while the guy who was shot is still recovering. That saved his life. I think it did. Marnie is referring to her boss and the newly installed high-def security cameras, something the owner put in place because a recent uptick in convenience store robberies. The sheriff came in and warned me about, I don't know, eight months ago or so that this was going on and to keep an eye out and pay attention and be on your toes. So the Riverside County Sheriff's Department says that black BMW that you saw in the video was stolen. Then they also recovered a number of stolen firearms within the vehicle. Now, three of those four suspects have been booked on charges of robbery and conspiracy, and they're being held on $500,000 bond in a Riverside jail. Oh, happy ending to the story. (laughs) That's beautiful. Well done, Marty. Well done, sir. And I'm glad they said that about the car at the end, the BMW X3. Because I'm watching this and I'm thinking, I bet these robbers, I bet these criminals have a nicer car than Marty. But it wasn't theirs either. (laughs) They stole that too. Good for Marty. Well done. This man has owned this store since 1967. 
You think he's seen some some changes over the years? And now he's 80 years old and he's got to deal deal with stuff like this. Or maybe he's maybe it's better that he's 80 years old. He's like like blank this and it blows their arm off. Right? He doesn't have that time anymore. We know when you're 80, you just don't have time for the nonsense anymore. You know what I mean? I'll grab my gun. As I want to share that because we rarely hear the good guy with the gun stories. And I'll share them whenever I can. Because the the left and the the sheriffs in most of California want this 80-year-old man to be left at the mercy of thugs like this. These criminals, I don't know, they're probably 28 years old. And and, uh, there's four of them. And an 80-year-old man is no match for a 28-year-old. Certainly not a 28-year-old with a weapon. But the great equalizer is the shotgun that the 80-year-old man had tucked away and blew the arm off. And he, the guy ran away screaming, <laughs> screaming like a little baby. Now, this defensive gun use will probably be put in some statistics, right? That This will be noted because the gun was discharged. But there's other defensive gun uses where the gun isn't even fired. There's a video going around the interwebs. It's a white man, I don't know, maybe 60, something like that. He's getting punched by two younger black guys outside of a McDonald's or something. And there's people inside and they're watching and they're filming and this guy's getting beat up. But then the older man is able to bring out his handgun. And the two younger guys slowly start to walk away and the fight's over at that point. But what's, so there you go. But so the point is successful, successful defensive gun use guns, never discharged. That'll never go in any statistics. But what's frustrating about this particular video is that when the, the white guy brings out his gun, that's when the people on the inside start saying, Oh no, no, please. No, please don't shoot. Oh no, no, don't do it. Don't do it. And you're like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. That guy was just getting beat to a pulp three seconds ago. And you didn't say anything. I don't know if you thought it was great. I don't know if you were laughing or fun. I don't know what you thought it was. But you didn't say anything. As soon as that guy brings out a gun, oh, oh no, the inhumanity. Now you're concerned about people's lives? Anyway, get a gun is what I'm saying. Uh, also, owning a business, man, what a pain. What a pain. You just say like everything's against you. <laughs> I mean, like, like everything in the government's against you. Poor Marty here. Probably when he opened up this market, it was in like a thriving neighborhood, and now he's in like the worst part of town. He's doing the best he can to stay afloat. And then you got to deal with people like this rolling in, trying to kill you. It's hard enough in California. <laughs> this makes it even worse, right? I read a story of uh, two young boys, I don't know, 12 years old, running a lemonade stand. How old are you when you do a lemonade stand? 10 years old, 12 years old? Had a little lemonade stand in the neighborhood. What a great American thing, by the way. I now vow, I vow to always stop at a lemonade stand. I don't even like lemonade. And I never have cash. Do you take American Express? I don't like lemonade, but I'm always going to buy lemonade. And it's funny to me that kids, like this, is, it's the one product that kids are slinging on the street corner. You know what I mean? Ten-year-olds, at least. That's all they got. It's the, one, it's the one thing they always sell is lemonade. I've never seen any other type of stand. 
I've never, I don't know. There's lots of products. Where's the chocolate chip cookie stand? I don't know. Milk and cookie stand. They never do that. It's always lemonade. Just stick with the lemonade. I guess low overhead, I guess. But that's good. I like it. I approve of the lemonade stand. It ain't broke, Slater. So, I mean, these, uh, these two kids, are, it's, it's like a little like neighborhood, like a little neighborhood. And the two thugs come up at gunpoint, pull out a gun, and grab the, the, the cash box from the two little kids. So the police came and called the parents. And when the parents got there, there was a line of police officers uh, in line to buy lemonade from the boys. And I like that story because uh, two conservatives were born that day. <laughs> two young men. We'll always vote conservative. Eight five eight five two two five seven seven five. Speaking of crime, George Soros wrote an editorial in the Wall Street Journal today about why he's still going to drop a ton of money on reform-minded DAs. We'll get to that a little later with a joke. Um, you know what I want to talk about next? It's kind of a weird story. I don't really know what to think about this story. I don't have a super firm opinion. I think I have an opinion on it, but. I don't know. I'm willing to be, uh, to be changed. I like being in this position. This is a good position. I have pretty strong opinions on, on most things. This one, I'm, uh, I'm like on it, but I'm not, you know, just kind of hanging out here for a minute. So feel free to uh, push me one way or the other. I'll tell you about it next. 558 Someone wrote this about homeschoolers. I've always had an opinion on homeschoolers. This person says, when I was in high school, I thought all the homeschoolers were weird. But it turns out they just knew how to talk to adults and weren't trying to be too cool to enjoy anything. I'm super guilty of that. I remember growing up thinking the homeschoolers were always the weirdest. Uh, it turns out I was the defective one. Well, it's really important that they socialize. Is it? <laughs> Is it? I don't know. Socialize with whom? Fellow idiot kids? I don't know if that's the best thing. A homeschooler said, I had a job in an office the day I turned 16 because I was able to talk, able to easily and maturely speak with adults as a young teen. They're like, well, how does that? How does, how does homeschool help kids learn how to talk to adults? Well, the way that our communist, <laughs> the way the communists build our school system is to be peer-centered. But education has always been adult-centered. The kids focus on the adults, but now we have kids focused on each other. Uh, this person says, the age, the age ranges, the ages range, so I did not go to home, I was public school. The ages range so vastly in homeschool. Everyone learns how to talk to age groups with ease and efficiency. The littles are smarter and the biggers are kinder. I've witnessed that so many times with the people we know who homeschool their kids right now. The little kids are smarter and the bigger kids are kinder. That is so absolutely true. There's some homeschool kids at the park uh, that uh, we go to a lot. And uh, the oldest boy there, so kind, sweet to uh, our kids. It's interesting. So homeschool kids are not weird. They're just more mature. <laughs> That's the difference. Got to change that perspective. Anyway, not what I wanted to talk about. Have you been following Live Golf? We first talked about it maybe like two months ago or so. So Live Golf. So uh, I'm trying to get the background, make sure we're on the same page. So you got the PGA Tour for golf. It's been around since 19, uh, 1929. And for the past 100 years, 
Well, really, forget not even golf, just in everything for the past hundred years. If you're good at a sport, you come to America to play it. That's it. Except for cricket, soccer, and all those other lame things. But all the good sport. Cricket, soccer, and uh, rugby, I guess, are the ones you wouldn't maybe come to America for. All the, the Queen's sports. Right? As colonists, we left those behind. So every other sport, it's always been that way. And that is a sign of the fact that we have been the most dominant country in the world for our lifetimes. For the last 100 years. That's all we've known. We've grown up in a world where we assume that every great athlete in the world comes here to play their sport and succeed and make a lot of money. And we've taken that for granted. I don't know what it's like to live in a country where the best athletes don't move to it. I don't know what it's like to live in a country where your best athletes leave the country. The best basketball players in America don't go to Spain. The good players of Spain come here. Even Olympic sports, the best athletes, uh, you know, watch the Olympics. They may be competing for their home country, but they all go to college here. Uh, I guess the track and field world championships were the other day. So I've been watching some of that and uh, some of the highlight videos. And the entire relay team from Nigeria all go to college in America. <laughs> like every single one of them is training here right now. And that's a sign of we're the best. Like that's not, we're the most dominant country in the world. We are the Rome of ancient Rome. Like we are the center of the world. No one's going to China to play in the Chinese basketball league. I mean, LeBron, LeBron's, you know, kissing China's butt, but that's, he's still playing here. Right? LeBron's not moving to China. They may sell their soul to China, but they're not moving to China. Right? Now, if there were any country worse than China, it would be Saudi Arabia. And that's where the new live golf league comes into, into play here. So live L I V it's Roman numerals for 54. That's the score you would get if you birdied every hole on a par 72 course. And it's the number of holes that are played at all live events, 54. All right, so there you go, live. Notice they didn't call it the Saudi Arabian <laughs> golf league or something, right? That one wouldn't have flown as well, even though, that's what it is. And the Saudis, and really, you, you, you don't, like, I don't know who you instinctively hate more, the Chinese government or the Saudi government, but it's the same concept. Right? I mean, you just go with either one, right? So the Saudis have been poaching all the top golfers, or you know, the top, as top as they can get. Notably, they got R. Phil Mickelson. But it's all the Saudis. It's the Saudi government doing this. And the PGA is like, well, we don't, we're not going to let you leave. So if you leave the PGA Tour, you're not allowed to play and go play for live. You're not allowed to play on any PGA Tour events anymore. All right. So we got this uh, chasm, schism, 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 schism in uh, the sport of golf right now. And uh, I don't know, are they traitors? <laughs> are, these, are these Americans who are going to play in the Saudi Golf League? Are these a bunch of traitors who you should hate? I don't know. Do you, do you blame these professional golfers for going where the money is? Are they betraying America to take Saudi money? Tiger Woods was offered 
$800 million <laughs> to go play. I don't know how much money he's making these days, but I don't know. A billion sounds like a lot. He said no. For now, Phil Mickelson said yes to $200 million. Phil Mickelson, you're an awful person. You're a traitor. He's like, God, I got $200 mil. <laughs> like, what, do you, what do you want? Now, Mickelson, he gave two other reasons why live is better. So I guess in the PGA Tour, you, you don't have to compete at all the events they have, right? But the live contract requires you to play at every single event and they go to different places around the world and they hype up more international interest in golf. That's, that's, uh, that's called a rationalization, but it may be a good one, right? So there's a live event in Thailand. I don't know, like, does the PGA tour ever go to Thailand ever? Probably not. So live is like, well, let's go to all these places where there's not a lot of golf, uh, interest and we'll kind of raise interest in the sport. Okay. Um, also, the average age of someone who watches PGA golf on TV is 64. And the whole live thing is like, we're going to appeal to younger people. We're going to be like the uh, yeah, Happy Gilmore kind of vibe. Instead of a golf, instead of a day of golf being 12 hours, it's going to be four and a half hours. I don't know. I don't know the details of golf, but they play it differently. Uh, it's all going to be broadcast in shorter bits for shorter attention spans. Kids these days are right? So you're like, okay, fine, great. So the, the PGA Tour's got this monopoly and they haven't been serving in the best interest of the players. Okay, so we got a competition, sure. But you're taking money from the Saudis. Now, even that could be a rationalization. Oh, rationalization is a powerful force. Ooh, rationalization is when you know you're doing something wrong, but you try to justify it afterwards with things that sound really good. Justifications that sound really, really good. So if you're Phil Mickelson, you could be like, sure, sure, this is Saudi money, but I'm taking it from them. I'm I'm taking their money. They're giving they're giving me two hundred million dollars, and then I'm going to spend it here in America. So I'm repatriatizing the money. <laughs> repatriating. I'm repatriating the money. You can rationalize all day long, and it's fine. Your conscience. These are the Saudis who funded nine eleven. These are the fu- the Saudis who fund Wahhabism. Wahhabism is the, the 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 type of Islam, the sect of Islam that hates the infidels of America the most, right? They raise their children to hate America. These are the Saudis who control so much of the oil markets and so much of our economy depends on them that we got to go over there and kiss their butt every year. Every president has to go over and kiss their butt. Same Saudis. Oh, they're good people. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The good people. Would you do it? Would you play for the Saudis? Would you work for the Saudi government? Slater, I would never. I would never. $200 million? Would you do it for $200 million? No. Not going to do Not going to ever do it for Okay. Uh, so Tucker yesterday talked to Greg Norman. Greg Norman, one of the great golfers. Uh, he's the commissioner of Live, And he justified taking Saudi money. And we'll see if that uh, convinces you or not. And then you can decide whether or not you want to yell at Phil Mickelson. 
Hey, Cedric Sanders, we're talking about uh, Nancy Pelosi. And, uh, want. A little later. China's like, if you come, we're going to blow up your plane. It's a, it's a little bellicose. China, sheesh. They haven't, but she's still there. So listen, we're just on the brink of World War III is all. No big deal. Talk about that a little later. Uh, talking about live golf right now, right? Because the Chinese and the Saudis, I mean, they're, they're both our enemies. We just, well, no, we have to kiss the butt of both of them. Or we have been, at least. We have been. Do we have to? Yeah, probably. We're probably so entangled in them now that we have to do this. They have the leverage over us. That's brutal. Absolutely brutal. So Live Golf, it's a new uh, competition to PGA Tour, and it's sponsored by the Saudi government. Notice, again, it's not called the Saudi Arabian Golf League. That would be bad marketing in the West. So Tucker was talking to Phil Mickelson, not Phil Mickelson, uh, Greg Norman. Greg Norman's the commissioner of this new Live Golf League, and it was an interesting interview. He said, where does the money come from? And he's like, well, the Saudis. <laughs> Basically, like, he said, we're not making any money now. There's no revenue, but it's all coming from the Saudis. And I guess Phil Mickelson's book or this book about Phil Mickelson really threw a grenade into all this. So here's what Phil Mickelson said off the record. Someone was writing a book about Phil Mickelson. He said this to the biographer and uh, he thought it was off the record. Alas, it was not. This is Phil Mickelson. They're scary mother blankers to get involved with. Speaking of the Saudis. We know they killed the Washington Post reporter and U.S. resident Jamal Khashoggi. And they have a horrible record on human rights. They execute people over there for being gay. Knowing all of this, why would I even consider it? Because this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to reshape how the PGA Tour operates. They've been able to get by with manipulative, coercive, strong-arm tactics because we, the players, have no recourse. As nice as a guy as the current PGA commissioner comes across as, unless you have leverage... He won't do what's right. And the Saudi money has finally given us that leverage. I'm not sure I even want the league to succeed. But just the idea of it allowing us to get things done within the PGA Tour. Okay. So here's... Uh, let's pick it up here. This is Greg Norman. The ground up. So we're not trying to just destroy the PGA Tour or the European Tour. We're there to work within the ecosystem to show that it's big enough space. It's a multi-billion dollar industry, right? Billions and billions of dollars in the game of golf. Why would sponsors drop golfers for participating in live? Tucker, that blows my mind. And sponsors, by the way, who spend billions of dollars in Saudi Arabia. The PGA Tour. That's <laughs> right? a good point. Right? The Can you P give us examples? I'll I'm give you a prime example. The PGA Tour, I think, has about 27 sponsors on the PGA Tour, do 40 plus billion dollars worth of business on an annual basis in Saudi Arabia. Now, why doesn't the PGA Tour call the, the CEOs of each one of those organizations? Oh, sorry, we can't do business with you because you're doing business with Saudi Arabia? Why are they picking on the professional golfers? Why? The male professional golfers. Females, the LPGA Tour, is sponsored by Aramco. Right? Literally? Literally. The largest sponsor of women's golf in the world is Aramco. There, not one word has been said about them, right? But why is, it, why is it on the guys? Why are we the ogres? What have we done wrong? 
We're independent contractors. We have a right to go play wherever we want in the world for whatever we want. So what do you think that's... A- uh, so this is good, good hypocrisy there, right? From the uh, PJ Tour. So offended by the Live Tour's existence and their Saudi money. But they take Saudi money. <laughs> they take money from companies that do a ton of business in Saudi Arabia and the LG, uh, LPGA, uh, is their number one sponsor, is the Saudi Oil and Gas Company. <laughs> the, the, the reason why Saudi Arabia has so much money is because of the Saudi gas company, and they're the number one sponsor of the LPGA. Like, the LPG, LPGA is, is, is already funded by Saudi money. Like, so the PGA Tour and the LPGA, are they, are they, I'm sure they're the same, right? Aren't they the same? Like, the NBA, WNBA, I'm sure they're the same thing. So the, the, the PGA, PGA Tour is already funded by Saudi, Saudi money, and here they are with the Saudi League over here. Be like, oh, that's offensive. <laughs> it's like, well, you got, what are you talking about? So that's some uh, that's some good uh, hypocrisy there. All right, one uh, last clip of Greg Norman here, head of the Why Live Tour. Why is it so offensive to some American golf fans that you're doing this? What are they mad about? Do you? Think? I don't know. I really don't care. Quite honestly, I just love the game of golf so much, and I just want to grow the game of golf. And and we at Live see that opportunity. We at Live see it not just for the men, but for the women. We at Live see it for. NCAA and younger generations, we live, see it as a pathway to opportunities for these kids to experience a, a new world out there. Live is the future of golf. And it's in more, it's just, that's a very simple phrase and comment, but is live is the future of golf because you have, you don't see what we see in the future. You don't see what we want to invest in the future. CSR programs, education programs, all this stuff that's out there that we want to get involved with for golf and growing the game of golf. So you keep... So that's... uh, Greg Norman's a great spokesman, right? For the Saudis. (laughs) So I don't know. Listen, I, 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 I mean, what do you think? Would you play if you were a professional golfer? Would you go over to the Saudi League? To take the Saudi money again. I don't know what companies Greg Norman's talking about, but if uh, if BMW, they're one of the I'm making this up, but if they're one of the sponsors of the PGA and, and they're, they're making money in Saudi Arabia, is there a difference? Is there a difference if you're taking money from BMW from Saudi Arabia? Yeah, there is, but again, so how much you want to rationalize? That's just how much you want to rationalize it away. Or take a principled stance, if you think it's a principled stance. So Trump, he's involved with Liv, sort of. The first tournament was at Bedminster. It's his golf course, one of his golf courses in New Jersey. Why? Why is Trump in, in support of Liv? After January 6th, the PGA had a stop at Bedminster. One of their tournaments was going to be at Bedminster. But they took it away. They did, they're like, oh, we can't. We can't, we can't host a PGA event there. It's too, too, uh, too uh, inappropriate. It's toxic for us to be associated with anything Trump anymore. So Trump hates the PGA Tour. So the Saudis come and knocking, and any chance that Trump could take to stick it to the PGA Tour, are you kidding me? He's going to take it. That's why Trump on uh, Truth Social or one of them, whatever, he said all these golfers that remain loyal to the very disloyal PGA. That's the disloyalty that Trump is talking about. And then Trump said, Liv's going to succeed because they have unlimited money. They have unlimited money to do it right. That's what he said. Why do they have unlimited money? It's our money. <laughs> it's, our, it's, our, it's oil money. And I'm not going to go into this whole thing about how that oil is actually our oil. 
we discovered the oil. We first got the oil out of the ground. That's our oil over there. But oh, oh no, no, no. You know, we're gonna respect the people. Well, that where'd that get us? All right, so live golf. Where, where's my working take? I can be convinced either way here. I'm being I'm open to being persuaded here. But here's what I know. I know the Saudi government's also very easy for me to say when no one's giving me a two hundred million dollar check. So it's very easy to have your principles when they're not waving two hundred million dollars in front of your face. But here's what I know the Saudi government is bad news. They're bad news. Now there's always a difference between the people and their government. That's a nuance, perhaps, that we could discuss. I'm more comfortable, if you'd like, saying that the Saudi government are bad people or is bad more than the Saudi people are bad people. I don't know. Maybe if you met your average Saudi Arabian person on the street, they'd be fine. We're all human, right? I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know the extent that Wahhabism is still taught in parts of Saudi Arabia. Maybe things are changing there now. I don't know. But I do know that Saudi Arabia has this big drive to try to appeal to Westerners. But there's a difference here. Talk about nuance. Are they trying to appeal to Westerners or are they trying to be more Western? See the difference? Are they trying to appeal to Westerners or are they trying to actually be more Western? Appeal to Westerners is when they're, they're blinding us to their evil with things that glitter and shine. And if that's the case, I'm not buying it. Hey, Saudis, you guys are really really terrible people and then they're oh yeah but we got this fun golf tournament over it's great oh you can like yell it's like the it's like uh, it's like happy gilmore over here it's awesome I'm like oh yeah that is cool you guys aren't so bad like, no 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 don't fall for that they're trying to appeal to westerners they're not being more western now if they want to give up their evil ways and become more of a western country that's all right but i i doubt that's what that is I think they just want to convince people that they're not that bad when they're actually that bad. But they do it through sports. And sports and culture, they host you know, Formula One races and boxing matches. They have uh, the Louvre, Abu Dhabi, and uh, Georgetown University in Qatar. Uh, they're, they're buying all these European soccer teams, right? So it's weird. Like if you just Google Louvre, Abu Dhabi, it's a stupid, ugly building that they have over there. And uh, they have all this Western art. It's just weird. It's weird. Like, why are you guys, why are you doing that? And I think it's just to trick Westerners. Like, oh, hey, oh, we're not so bad. And people are like, oh, yeah, no, look. It's not... <laughs> no, no, they're bad. I, I think they're bad. They just, they just have a lot of money to cover it up. Like the Taliban. The Taliban is bad and poor. They don't have any marketing gimmicks. They, they're not, there's no, like, Taliban-funded sports leagues. There's no, like, English soccer team paid for by the Taliban. Like that's, so it's like, okay, they're bad and poor. Everyone knows the Taliban is bad. The Saudis are bad and rich. So we're like, oh, what's the big deal? Saudis, like, no, big deal. So I'm on the side that this is not good. I'm on the side of not wanting to get distracted by glittering things. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the PGA Tour should make some changes, but I don't know if it's good to sell out to the Saudis. Is it different than LeBron selling out to the Chicoms? No. No different. Now, listen, again, I'm, no one's giving me $200 million. What this is, is a sign of a weak empire. We are an empire on the decline because it will not be long before the best athletes in every other sport start playing in other countries too. 
Just follow the money, right? All right, Sutter's Editor's Changing Gears. Michelle Obama will have a book out this fall, The Light We Carry. The Light We Carry. Could she run for president? I think she's, she's like, honestly, it'd be someone like that or like an Oprah that would need to blow up the Democratic field because they got nobody to go beat Buttigieg and Gavin. I mean, that's, that's all they got. Uh, so it'd be someone like Michelle, but I don't think she wants to be president. I don't think they want all that. I don't think she's as ambitious. I think she's like, sorry, that's the attention, right? But I don't think she's ambitious. I think she wants money, but I don't think she's like a power. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, she got a book out in which she reflects upon her experiences and shares insights into navigating an increasingly stressful world. Ah, yes, very stressful on your 30-acre 30 30 Martha's Vineyard estate. <laughs> water, just a waterside, 30 acres on Martha's Vineyard. Ugh, so much stress. 7,000 square feet. It's a, lot of, it's a lot of house to keep clean. You know what I mean? So much stress. And that's Jesse Kelly said, breaking the most privileged woman on the planet will now once again pretend to be oppressed. It reminded me of this bit from Ellen DeGeneres. So it's been 15 years since I've done stand-up, and when I decided to do this special, uh, a friend of mine was at my house, and I told him I'm going to do stand-up again. And he said, really? And I said, yeah, I was hoping for more of a really, but it was really. And I said, yes, why? And he said, well, do you think you're still relatable? I said, yes, I do think I'm still relatable. I'm a human being. And he said, well, I mean, your life has changed so much. And I said, I, I know, but I still think I'm relatable. And anyway, just then, Batu, my butler, stepped into the library. And Batu. He announced that my breakfast was ready. And I, I said, we'll continue this conversation another time. This is ridiculous. And... Uh, so I'm sitting in the solarium eating my breakfast and I was on my third or fourth bite of cube pineapple that Batu was feeding me and I said, Batu, I'm not hungry. I've lost my appetite. My friend has really upset me by what he said and um, he said, well, then I shall draw you a bath, ma'am. And I said, you don't have to announce it all the time. Just draw the bath. So I'm sitting in the tub and I'm looking out the window at the rose garden and Tatiana was tending to the roses and I knocked, ma'am. And um, anyway, I get out of the tub and uh, Batu had forgotten to put the towel next to the tub again. And um, so I had to do that bath mat scoot all the way across the bathroom to get to the towel. And you, it's a big, you can imagine how big the bathroom is. It's like doing the bath mat scoot. And then I stopped and I was like, oh my God, this is relatable. People do the bath mat scoot when the butler forgets to put the towel next to the tub. <laughs> And I thought, oh my God, I am going to go downstairs. I'm going to write the most relatable special that anybody has ever seen. So after Lupita got me dressed and combed my hair, I just couldn't wait. I was did the whole way down the escalator. I'm like, this is going to be so good. So I get downstairs and my friend is still down wandering around in the hallway. And I'm like, what are you still doing here? And he's like, I'm lost. And I'm like, oh my God. 
how many times have I shown you the front door? It's down the hall, past the Medal of Freedom, past the Emmys, past the People's Choice Awards, past the Kids' Choice Awards, the Teen Choice Awards, the Mark Twain Prize, the Peabody. Take a left at the gift shop, and that is the front door. I think people have a tendency, we look at somebody and we decide we know all about them. We put someone in a box, you know, like I think everyone thinks that all celebrities live exactly the same. Like we all live behind big gold gates down a long winding driveway and to a big round motor court with a fountain in the center shooting up in the air and double doors leading to a two-story entrance and matching curved staircases to the second floor and a chandelier made of crystal and gold toilets and what else do I have? <laughs> Little toilets. <laughs> that is a perfectly crafted bit right there. But I can't wait to hear Michelle Obama's take on <laughs> navigating the stresses of the world. You know, as in every, as in every, this is what we talked about on Fox and Friends yesterday with Taylor Swift and her 170 private jet flights while caring about, while crusading about climate change and if you have a private jet you by definition are, are disconnected from the realities of uh, of everyday life but out of the a book full of great insight from michelle uh coming up next uh, a bill has passed congress it's not congress excuse me the state uh about injection sites across the state we got injection sites coming to you and we're in a new a new state of emergency we'll tell you all about it next spread the word with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.